0: to Seventeenth Take, giving you the unprofessional opinions you never asked for. My name is Yvonne Trezak. And I'm Toby Atta. Hey man, welcome back. We had, what, a three-week hiatus? I think it was a two-week one, man. Was it your voice that needed the healing? What was going on? I think it was your ego, considering that you lost that bet, buddy, and the second snow hits the ground here in Syracuse, you were getting in that bathing suit, and we're gonna get that great video of you rolling around up on our Seventeenth Take Facebook page.
1: Definitely, I didn't forget that. Don't worry, man. I, I'll, I'll be there. I didn't. I've been checking the weather this week, and it's, it's been pretty sunny. I think near the end of the week, it's supposed to get a little colder.
0: We'll see if the snow actually hits the ground, though. A lot has happened in these last couple of weeks, but I think we need to start with NFL, dude. This year just absolutely makes no sense. Yeah,
1: NFL has been, like, topsy-turvy all over the place. No matter, I mean, unless you're, like, the Eagles and probably the Patriots. Your team has kind of, like, been flip-flopping every week. You're not sure if they're going to be in playoff contention for the most part. And that's for my Cowboys speaking personally.
0: It didn't look good without Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Dak Prescott didn't have any touchdowns. He was throwing, I think, four or five interceptions. And the Cowboys as a whole just wasn't playing well. So when they come in... Uh, against the Redskins on Thursday. I wasn't expecting to see much from them, but Dak, you know, not a great game But he kind of he got back on track. I didn't get to see the
1: game myself personally because I've just been running around all these days But to be fair Dak Prescott, they're saying how this is kind of an average game for him with or without Zeke and him I think him running in two touchdowns. That's as much as I like to see that and stuff I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just really salty about Dak this this week. Basically, in one of my fantasy teams, I needed three points to win. And I had Dak in my lineup playing that Sunday night game, and he gets n- minus two. I think this was against the... Not the
0: Chiefs. I forgot who it was, but... Point is, Dak, you gotta, you gotta give me some redemption, man. Going to the other side of the NFC East, my Eagles... Tough outing against Seattle last night. You know, I circled this one early in the season because it's at CenturyLink. We all know that that's the 12th man of the entire NFL. And the Eagles just don't play well there to begin with. Russell Wilson, always in the MVP candidation. I never really understood what was so great about him, but I saw him last night and you know what they say about the Seattle Seahawks in December in the fourth quarter. They are a completely different team. Russell's a different quarterback. They just looked absolutely fantastic. So my takeaways from this, you know, looking at the season that the Eagles have had, they haven't really played many good teams. We played Kansas City and lost. They're now six and six. We we beat the Panthers in Carolina on a Thursday night game. That's a quality win. Uh, we beat the Chargers, who are now also 6-6, six and six, but we beat them in the beginning of the season when they were 0-3, 0-4. So this was really the first uh, opportunity for this young Eagles team and young coaching staff to get a hostile playoff environment. And you know they came out sloppy, uh, as as I expected them to, but there was a couple of good things that came out of this. Number one, did you see that one Carson Wentz play? He threw it forty-five yards, pretty much from his ass. Uh, incredible! He capped the drive with a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. That shows me that Wentz is able to make the big plays when it counts in very tough environments. Number two, like I said, this is good playoff experience. We our heads were probably getting a little too big. We were ten and one, and you know, number one in the power rankings. Big, big, Excellent. big favorites to get to the Super Bowl, and if not, win. You know, it's just been a lot of talk. I think this brings our ego back down. It gets us good experience. And if we see Seattle in the playoffs, we're going to want that revenge win.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of weight on your shoulders this season. But the 10-1, I remember the Cowboys last season, we kind (laughs) of had that whole win streak going on. And it was pretty unfortunate to see us lose in the first round of the playoffs. So... (laughs) Hope that happens to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, buddy. Don't worry. But one team that's
0: definitely not going to see the playoffs this year is the New York Giants. Uh, obviously, the big story this week, Eli Manning getting benched after, I believe, 210 straight starts. And it looked like you know he was going to break all these records of Brett Favre. I believe Peyton Manning, his brother, also was up there with that. Eli Manning has started every single game since the 2004 season. And something that's even crazier, I looked this up. A uh, Manning brother has started in every single week of the NFL since 1997.
1: I believe that with the Peyton and Eli, it's they've been. That's impressive for them to just be the dominant players on their two teams. But unfortunately, some things have to come to an end. Like Eli Manning has been playing. I mean, Eli Manning has been starting ever since before the iPhone existed. Like that's
0: all crazy. Jerry, this, Jerry Rice was still playing.
1: Yeah, what's his name? Victor Cruz was 12. Like, it, it's, been, it's been a pretty—I'm not going to, like, don't disrespect that man's career, man. With Geno Smith starting, like, I don't know what y'all expect him to do if he's going to turn this franchise around. But this guy, Eli Manning, he's been dedicated to this team for years and
0: years, so. Here's the thing. Eli Manning may not be the long-term situation because he is, I think, getting towards the end of his career. But he is a two-time Super Bowl MVP. And Geno Smith is absolutely not the future for this team. So I don't necessarily know what you're doing, Ben McAdoo, against a Raiders team that hasn't looked good. You probably could have pulled this one out. You know, it was a close game. It, it came down to the wire. Geno Smith, you didn't play horribly, but you have to think that Eli Manning is a better quarterback in those situations. If he played, it's possible that the Giants won.
1: There was a, there was a good amount of off-field stories out there going on in the NFL. One one story I think deserves a lot of light on it is the fact that the NFL, they decided to pledge money to projects that will fix social issues. It just goes to show all these protests and courses of civil action are finally starting to pay off. They're pledging $100 million to projects, like I said, that are dealing with social issues.
0: I absolutely love this. Let me just go on a little bit of a rant here. I'm going to keep it to like 10 seconds, but to all those people that said that uh this is ruining the game, that if you want to actually make a difference, then do something besides just kneeling. During this protest, no one died, no one got injured, no one was looting. Uh there was no riots. You know, maybe maybe your egos got a little hurt. I don't I don't care at all. You know, this really gets me riled up because I've I've been pretty unbiased from from the start of this and now the fact that the NFL is doing something really great for a worthwhile cause I don't care if you're a uh, I don't care if you're in favor of this protest or not the fact that they're pledging this money to kids in lower socioeconomic areas it's just good for everyone you know it's a great great thing to stand for and now Malcolm Jenkins who has arguably been there side by side with Colin Kaepernick since the beginning, he didn't protest this week because he saw the change that he wanted to see. And if the NFL keeps going through with these things, then I think you're also going to see other players stop the protest. So we're finally seeing change. Screw everyone that said that this wasn't going to make a difference. It obviously has. Malcolm Jenkins has been in the court systems and the House of Representatives since the beginning. And we're finally seeing some Something happened. That was more than 10 seconds. I'm sorry, but I'm just riled up. I'm really happy that this happened. It's all good, man. And for those of y'all who think that, oh yeah, the NFL is just doing this to make everyone shut up. Hey, you're absolutely right. shows that we're actually getting some civil action done. So A lot, $100 million can go a long way. You can make a lot of community centers in, in lower economic areas. You can get kids off the streets. This money can also go to educational reform on how to properly deal with police officers, how police officers how police officers can properly deal with these lower economic areas. I just see a lot of good coming out of this hundred million dollars. I'm hoping that it's not the the last that's going to be pledged by NFL or you know other uh, entities that are capable of providing money. I think it's just a win everywhere.
1: Definitely, definitely. But enough with the professional talk about football. A lot of good things are going on there, but there's plenty of good things going on in the college level, wouldn't you say?
0: Huge weekend in college football. Uh, It was championship weekend. We finally have our final college football playoff results. You know what I really loved about this week and this year is that, you know, we have a four-team playoff system right now. I don't think it'll ever get to eight teams because that's just going to be too taxing on the players. But this was the first year where you really thought that all of the championship games were kind of playing games. You know, like the the final results, we got number one, Clemson, number two, Oklahoma, number three, Georgia, number four, Alabama. Those first three are all conference champions. So you have to think without that championship, they're not in. Another one of these teams is
1: Alabama. They came in with the number four spot, and they didn't win their conference championship game. So it's kind of funny to see them on the same list as Clemson, Oklahoma, and Georgia going into these playoffs. But in the same token, this is who I predicted to win the entire college football play, uh, championship anyway. So
0: And it is Alabama. Ohio State probably got a little bit shafted. They did win the Big Ten. But they came in with two losses, a big one, a 31-point loss to, to Iowa. And it, it makes me laugh because – Last year, uh, they were in this situation where you know Penn State was the Big Ten champion, but Ohio State got into the playoff anyway, and then they got routed completely scoreless against Clemson. I don't hate Alabama being in it. I just hate that it's probably because of the name. It's probably because of Nick Saban. I really do think Ohio State had a better argument to get into the final four
1: i mean like we said on 17th take man that's the
0: 33rd nfl team so let them have their shot you're right you're absolutely right and uh you're right man it is the 33rd nfl team but it's not just the top four teams that are competing for something uh we still have great bowl games against those teams in the in the top 12 so toby i want to give you the the bowl games and the teams that are playing in them and we're just going to do this rapid fire man all right we're gonna we're gonna see who you pick four-year winner, so shoot them at me. So, the first semifinal, the Sugar Bowl, that's Clemson versus Alabama. Who's winning that? Uh, Alabama. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and take Clemson, Clemson, man. Rematch, third year in a row that they're playing, not in the championship, but uh, just as crucial. The other semifinal, we got the Rose Bowl, Oklahoma, Georgia. I gotta go with Oklahoma this time. I like that pick as well. Baker Mayfield's doing real great. Uh, two East Coast teams playing on the West Coast. We'll see what happens to the winner of that when they have to come back to Atlanta next week to play. In the championship game all right we got the peach bowl auburn ucf ooh i'm gonna do a toss up and say auburn okay all right i like i like that pick i'm gonna take ucf though i think they're very under understated right now and they're coming off of a huge american conference championship orange bowl man the the uh two losers of their conferences wisconsin miami i
1: would rep the hurricanes
0: but i'm going with wisconsin this time man. (sighs) that's a hot take man orange bowl is pretty much a home game for Miami. They're playing at Hard Rock Stadium, which we know can get raucous. Prime time. I'm going to take Miami because of where the game's played. We got the Fiesta Bowl, Washington, Penn State. Penn State. Me too. No question. Washington's overrated this year. And then the Cotton Bowl, man. Uh-oh, Ohio State, USC. I got to go with who? That like, was a tough one. Yeah, I like USC a lot. Let's go with Ohio State. I'm going to take USC just because I saw what they did last year against Penn State. Um, Ohio State's really the Penn State of this season, USC. Definitely. The the title that really everyone's been playing for this year is the heart of Sarah Spain. Oh, uh, definitely. She still hasn't picked a winner. I don't know what the hell she's doing. She brought Michigan back into the play, so now it's Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State.
1: Stop, stop putting the carrot on a string and like leading us into this Sarah Spain. Just give us a choice. We all know that Ohio State deserves to win your heart. Let him win that, Bachelorette, please.
0: I believe that Ohio State will also win that. Uh, Hopefully, we'll have the answer by next week. She's really been dragging this on, which, you know, I guess it's fair because we're still talking about
1: it. (laughs) Exactly. But I think that's enough about football in general. How about we move over to NCAA
0: basketball? Yeah, man. It was a great week. Big Ten ACC Challenge, which gives you a lot of like top, top slated games in the beginning of the season. This happens every year. Um, both these conferences are usually seen as the better conferences in basketball, but uh, not not too much of a contest this year, man.
1: I mean, yeah, when you think about the ACC and Duke, UNC, Miami, Louisville, these have always been good teams for me growing up, and I've always like associated them with being good. But to be better than the Big Ten, that's a that's a
0: different take. They weren't just better than the Big Ten. They completely kicked the Big Ten's ass. Uh, They won 11 out of the 14 games. Although I have to say that uh, there was an upset. Louisville went down against an unranked team. And then Michigan State, coming in at number three, they beat number five Notre Dame pretty handedly. Let's go ahead and take it to the professional court.
1: Why not? So, the name of the game this week on the court is Work Ethic. Guys, we have a couple stories that kind of talk about players, professional players, and how much do they actually work. For the first story, I'm going to go ahead and go with Derrick Rose. I don't know if y'all heard, but he's kind of been faltering with playing professionally-wise because he had an ankle injury a couple weeks ago, and he's not really entirely sure if he thinks NBA's ready for him and whatnot. But mind you, the Cavaliers are on a now 12-game winning streak now. So it, it's kind of funny how I saw a story yesterday that Derrick Rose is now interested in playing NBA again, and he, and he's, he thinks he's over it, he's ready to come back. If I was, if I, listen, if I went through an injury and I got to play alongside with LeBron James, of course I would do everything I can to play that. And I get it, your injury affects you in a way that I probably can't interpret, but... What do you think about that, man? You think he's just, like,
0: joining the bandwagon, literally? I think Derrick Rose is a baby. I always thought he was a baby. I'm pretty sure earlier this season, I said that Derrick Rose's knees were about as reliable as uh, the Dallas Cowboys making it to the playoffs. So, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, Derrick <sighs> He was a league MVP at one point, man. Yeah, and, you know, when you look back, I've I've been a fan of Derrick Rose since, like, his days in Memphis when they almost won the national championship. But since then, how many knee injuries has he had? And how, how many teams has he supposed to have been the leader on and those teams completely crumble?
1: And you're right. It's unfortunate that he has to have this mental toll on him, not only physical toll, but mental toll of people having all that pressure where people expect him to rise up as a leader, rise up as the leading
0: scorer. But in a team with LeBron, you're not going to be the leader. You're not going to be the leading scorer. I'm not going to pretend that I know how Derrick Rose is feeling because I've never had a torn ACL, MCL. I've never played in the NBA. I can't even play pickup basketball. Mm -hmm. But if you're playing a game and getting paid millions and millions of dollars for it, in my opinion, man, you need to suck it up because you're literally living out a majority of the country's dream. And living a pretty lavish lifestyle because of it.
1: That's a pretty good point. And when you say millions and millions, I mean, it's literally
0: two millions that he's working Okay, with. well, millions and millions, put that together, two million dollars, <laughs> math but, minor here. But
1: on the same token, it's a one-year contract. So if you would actually play this year and show the league, hey, I'm actually worth more than that, he was a league MVP. He could easily strike himself a
0: contract probably two years, three years, $10 million a year, like minimum, I would say. And that's what pisses me off more is that he actually has something to play for besides, I mean, everyone should have something to play for a championship. But this kid actually has something to play for considering that it's a one-year contract. He wants to get picked up again by the Cavs, maybe by another team. If he's showing that he's just a, a bandwagon player – I don't, I don't like his chances. You know, work ethic is work ethic is huge in this league.
1: Either way, I'm still rooting for the Cavs to uh, take down the Warriors. I think it's gonna be a four-peat with them meeting up in the finals. Derek Rose, help him out, man. Moving on to another story that, that has probably less work or that has to do with people who are kind of slacking on the court.
0: We're sticking We're, with the work ethic theme here. Yeah. We
1: have Nerland's Noel. He was demanding at least like $12.5 million a year from the Dallas Mavericks front office. And to his credit, whenever I watch him, he's pretty talented. I love watching him throw down super dunks. We haven't seen a Mavs player really light it up like that. But he just, he's just not doing it enough. He's not starting. I mean, he'd have to start over Dirk Nowinski, which that better not happen. He's, not, he's only averaging about like four points a game with about like 14 minutes each game. It's just showing that he has more within the tank. He's just not showing it. And... I don't know exactly what is translating to him performing not as well on the court, but I hear within the locker room that it may be his work ethic that may be a
0: problem. I I have to rewind real quick, and I need to ask you a question, Toby. If Nerlens Noel starts over Dirk Nowitzki, he's technically better than Dirk Nowitzki, so we're gonna get a Nerlens Noel statue. Oh, that's that's a that's a stupid take, and not even a hot take. That's, <laughs> that's that. like a that's like a forty-fifth take. <laughs> um, I I I understand this. I was a big Nerlens Noel fan when he was on the Sixers. I was sad to see him go because it was really the question of who are the Sixers going to trade, Nerlens Noel or Jaleel Okafor. And for some reason, Okafor is still on the Sixers. We're trying to get rid of him. And it really does come down to Nerlens is a great player, but he's asking for too much right now. He is uh, he's, he's unpolished. Um, there's, there's been a lot of things that are good with this game, but not $12.5 million good. And it comes back to the ego. You know, you've got players that are willing to take pay cuts to play on these good teams, to play with these players that they have chemistry with. I don't see Nerlens Noel being one of those players. And it's, it's an issue that is all throughout the NBA. Part of the reason why the NBA doesn't get as much respect from me personally, you know, these guys have grown up being the the hot shots on their high school teams on their college teams and then they come into this league that has amazing players. Nerlens Noel should not be a starter especially on the Mavericks when it's with Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs>
1: that sucks because if he can't start on the Mavericks, where can he potentially start? That's a good point, The man. Mavericks are pretty trash this year. And I have to agree, you got to earn what you keep, Noel. You can't just like you can't just walk in demanding like we're supposed to kick the street. Sure the players run the league. Sure. It's dependent on you guys, but there's a starting five out there who, they don't really need your services if you're not going to work hard.
0: And guess what, man? The Mavericks might be a bad team, but you still see his teammates putting in the work. There's there's plenty of players on the Mavs that are willing to work, willing to just love and play the game of basketball.
1: Definitely. I mean, when you hear about J.J. Barea talking about one of his fellow teammates on the Mavs, Dwight Powell, this young guy, I've seen a couple glimpses of him shine. He is a hard worker. And JJ Barea even admits that he's the team's hardest worker, even harder than Dirk Nowitzki, which I find completely unbelievable. But
0: Dwight Powell statue. See <laughs> <laughs> statues <laughs> all over the place in <laughs> Dallas.
1: I mean, if they get that, if they get us a second championship, why? By all means, but Dirk's to me is the only player that has just dedicated his blood, sweat, tears, everything, his emotions to the Dallas Mavericks organization the way he has. But I am more than willing to have a player like Dwight Powell come up and take that position than have a player like Nerlens Noel just kind of like sifting the sand of the Dallas Mavericks organization and just
0: hoping he gets a big payout. I think a lot of front office guys are on the same page as you, too. Obviously, Dwight Powell isn't going to stay with the Mavs his entire career. No one does that anymore. You know, even even LeBron left. Dirk Nowitzki is the only one that has stayed consistently with his team in this league and Dwight Powell's work ethic speaks much greater volumes than Nerlens Noel's talent you know I I would much rather take the mediocre guy that is going to put in the work than the all-star that's just going to slack off
1: and that is exactly what Rick Carlisle's attitude is about it which is why we don't see Nerlens Noel doing as good as he could
0: let's let's take it over to the ice for a quick update Time to get back on the bandwagon, buddy. My Vegas Knights jersey is still in my shopping cart on Amazon.com. A couple more wins, and I just might have to go ahead and click that buy now. It's on my wish list right now. It's on my wish list. Christmas is coming up, parents. Listen up. Exactly. Or if we have any of those uh, notable fans out there that think that we deserve a jersey.
1: But these Gila Monsters, give me a little Gila, Gila Monster plush toy. I would be good with Christmas. You heard it first here on 17th Take.
0: Number one in the Pacific, uh, over, overlasting the Los Angeles Kings. Finally, they're stout. They're still ninth in the power rankings. Not great, but absolutely a playoff team. And, you know, with with a young team with a brand new franchise, you have no idea what's going to come in the playoffs. And if this team makes it, dark horses for sure. I think they can make a make a run. What's going on with your Flyers, man? I would rather not talk about that right now. 10 game losing skid is, is that even is that even allowed like In my defense, a lot of them have been in overtime or in shootouts so we did pull out a point in those games, but anyone that's been a Flyers fan for a while knows that the Flyers Achilles heel is goaltending, which since they were in the finals in 2010 against the Blackhawks, we still have not been able to find a good goalie. And I don't know what it has been lately. But in the past couple of years, the Flyers have not been able to win overtime or shootout games. I remember I was at a Flyers game one time. It went into a shootout. And straight up, half of the arena left. Because Mm. they were just like, well, shootout, Flyers lost. And guess what? Three goals later, Flyers lost.
1: lost. Hey, as long as I'll get out of the bottom of the Metropolitan Division, I would say that's
0: a... That's the problem, too. I mean, this division is, I would say, easily the best division in hockey. You have the Penguins, the Capitals, the Rangers that are always good teams, and they're not even at the top of it this year. You know, you got the Columbus Blue Jackets that are streaking, the Jersey Devils that, you know, personally will always be a question to me. Like, I live in New Jersey. Who the hell roots for the Devils? I I, I feel for them. You know, the Flyers may be last place right now, but the Devils will still always be the worst team in the Metropolitan Division. Um but that's why it's even an even bigger hole. You know, not only is it a 10-game losing streak, but it's a 10-game losing streak in the Metropolitan Division. I think this is too big. I'm going to call it quits right now, man. We're not making the playoffs. <laughs>
1: that's fair. I mean... What Play is... for
0: that draft pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? Even when you're already at the bottom, my Dallas Stars, we're kind of like... Moving around in the middle of the pack of the Central Division, I wouldn't
0: count us out of the pal- uh, out of playoff contention quite yet, considering we're only one game behind. Considering that awful start you guys had too, I mean, you're you're looking pretty good right now. Yeah,
1: five game winning streak right now. I, I don't really follow hockey as much, but Dallas Stars, keep that attitude up, keep it up, and we'll maybe make it into the
0: playoffs. All right, let's go ahead and transition into our segments. We'll start off with our best of the week. We got a couple this week, actually. We're gonna we're gonna break rules and we're gonna we're each gonna have a couple of best of the weeks. Dope.
1: So, my best of the week has to go to my boy Alex Beck. Now, I wonder, I'm sure you're wondering who Alex Beck is. Oh, I've heard of him. Big, oh. <laughs>
0: big big Beck fan.
1: There you go. Nah, Alex Beck is just an old teammate of mine for Cornell Track and Field. The reason why Alex Beck is the best of the week for me is he had a sweeping first season opener. Hey, I and, like that pun. Yeah. in the, the brooms out. Exactly, but you should have seen him in the 60-meter dash, the 300-meter dash, and in the 4x4. So for the 60, he pretty much beats out two Syracuse uh, students, Chuka, Sorenadis, and Chris Tucker, to win it in 687, which is .01 off of his personal record. And that's a season opener. For the 300-meter dash, he, he blew me away on this one. He threw a, he ran a palindrome, 34-43. That moves him up to number three all-time in Cornell's history. And I know I was telling you something else different at, um, in Barton Hall this weekend, but I'm not going to admit it here on 17th take. Alex Beck, even though I'm only number nine all the time with the 35-27, I'll still beat you in a
0: race head-on, and you know that. All right, man. So for the non-Cornell track fans, which I'm assuming is pretty much everyone that listens to this except for your family, <laughs> you're number nine in all-time Cornell. That I mean, Cornell must have a pretty terrible track team. No way! Oh, man, what do you think about it? So I'm not even going to gas myself. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not going to talk about that. How, how good is Cornell, like, in, in the national uh in 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 the national spotlight what are we talking about with cornell track teams to
1: break it down for you cornell's actually surprisingly really good for the past two or three years we were consistently the top in the eastern conference which is i mean to its respect it's it's beating out teams like princeton penn state stuff like that princeton's also historically good okay but national national caliber wise that's harder to tell because track in itself is a hard sport to assess nationally and when he, we were actually really good nationally, because we had a, a man named Rudy Winkler, he was an Olympian, and he would he actually won the national championship this past season. So that really that really like inflates our score a lot. Is what I'm saying. So. As much as I'd like to gas up
0: Cornell track, that we're, we're we're seeing as really good, but I don't think we're, like, national caliber. So what do you see as the future? I mean, you, you said yourself this is the very first meet. What's Alex Beck going to show us this season?
1: Hey, I hear he's doing the long sprint workouts this year. You should have seen his 4x4 four four leg. He ran an impressive split of 48.85. That shows that he's just working hard this year. He told me he was running, like, 12, 270-meter, like pretty much 30-degree incline hills for practice during – during preseason, it's, it's been a good week, and he's definitely my best of the week. Should've awesome. won the m- meet MVP. How about your best of the week, man? All right,
0: yeah, my first one is, uh, it's got to go to the Buffalo's Bills fans. Um, Bills Mafia, as they're known up here. You know, they're they're having a difficult season. It, it was looking pretty good. They were keeping track with the Patriots. It's kind of gone downhill so far, and they hit rock bottom with those five interceptions. Um... They had, a, they had a game against the Patriots again. They lost 23-3, but the fans, they're still out there supporting their team any way they can in, in their own Buffalo fashion. Uh, a couple of fans threw a dildo onto the field, and you would think that this would be the first time. It actually isn't. It's the second time this has happened. Both have been against the Patriots. I'm I'm sensing a new uh, Buffalo tradition here, man. I'm cool with that tradition, even though it's weird. I think it's hilarious. It's just that's just a re-
1: reoccurring theme. You know, whenever the Bills play the Patriots, you're gonna see dildos thrown on the field. Buffalo, New York,
0: known for chicken wings and dildos. <laughs> All right, you got another best of the week. So my best of the week is definitely gonna go to Leonard Fournette. Leonard. Dude, his name's Leonard. This, th- you know, what? I, I'm not even gonna like let you slide on this one. This is such a normal name. Leonard. Leonard.
1: I mean, you, whenever you look at it phonetically, it's Leonard. But anyway, Leonard. Leonard. <laughs> potato. Potato. Tomato. Tomato.
0: You <laughs> get you get Leonard wrong, but you got Fournette perfect.
1: <laughs> anyway, he he he's my best because of his touchdown celebration. Pretty much after he scores, he gets his teammates to line up as though they're in um they're shooting a free throw like it's a basketball game. They're lining up. Leonard, 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 Jesus. Leonard, Leonard shoots the football as if it's We've a been basketball. been for two weeks. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Leonard shoots the basketball like, or shoots the football like it's a basketball it, these these touchdown celebrations are just getting more
0: creative as we go on, and I just had to give a little quick shout-out to him for it. I love this, too, because it's been known for a while that, uh, you know, a, a touchdown celebration is slamming the ball over the upright, but they made that illegal this year. So this is just so smart. You know, he he didn't touch the upright, so it's it's completely legal. He got his entire team going on for it. You know, I've never seen the entire team Actually, looked like it was free throwing. You know, they were doing pretty well boxing out and everything. They might have a chance. You know, maybe, uh, maybe they can get a much uh, lower contract than Nerlens Noel and help out your Dallas Mavericks. They'll
1: probably be getting paid a lot more playing basketball than football. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> um, I have another best of the week. Me. Oh wow! How's that? You know, kind of sad after the Eagles lost last night. Um, but I'm an optimist. You know, I always try and look for the for the silver lining in every every situation so Brian Westbrook uh, Eagles fans will remember him he's one of the best running backs that the Eagles have ever had Villanova grad huge Philly guy He, he actually works for Comcast Sportsnet in Philadelphia now and he tweets out a lot during the game and um you know he's he's pretty he's he's a very good football analyst still he knows what he's talking about So he tweets out this morning, he says, I hate Monday mornings after a game where my team didn't play like themselves, time to rebound. I 100% agree, we didn't look very good, so I go ahead and tweet back at him, I say, you know, I'm sure Carson Wentz feels the same way, he's ready to work, work twice as hard to ensure he comes out strong in LA, hashtag Motivation Monday. Westbrook, you know, he's very active on social media, but he's very tough on people too you know if, if he says "Oh, horrible pass and then you give good insight and say oh no i thought this was good and and decent uh decent decision he'll just be like no you're wrong so it wasn't it wasn't just that he retweeted it and, and replied to me but his reply gave me some praise man he's like i like that motivation monday that's what it is motivation monday you know, it, it got me hyped. I'm, I'm going to be watching uh, Comcast Sportsnet all week to see if he gives me a little shout-out of Motivation Monday. You that's, never know what will happen.
1: That's pretty cool that a celebrity retweeted you. I can't, I, can't, I can't take that away from you. But, I mean, Motivation Monday, is that really that creative him to get that hyped up about?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You heard it, here. Mean, you, you heard one it more, here. One word answer, man. I'm <laughs> I'm <a> creative mofo. <laughs> you heard it here on
1: 17th Sake. So let's go ahead and move on to the worst of the week, dude. Mine definitely has to go to Tennis.com. Guys, I don't know what, I don't know who told y'all history between Serena Williams and Maria That's Sharapova. That's like Sharapova. Sharapova. She's doing even, great today. Bud. I don't even
0: know her name. That's how irrelevant she is to me. But the reason why she's the she's the girl that originated the tennis grunt. She's the one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that in my house too whenever I heard my parents watching. <laughs> but I would always recall watching me and my family watching Serena Williams just dominating Maria in these tennis matches. And tennis.com they tweet out a pretty clickbaity title or a pretty clickbaity tweet saying, is a rekindling of Serena slash Maria rivalry exactly what the Women's Tennis Association needs in 2017, 2018? Read it here. And I'm just like, dude, Serena Williams is like 17-2 and two against Maria. There's just no rivalry whatsoever in that. You're just trying to get people
0: to click your thing. And yeah, don't mess with Serena, because Toby will get you.
1: Exactly. Serena's my girl. You should, have you seen her cute-ass daughter? Have you seen her? Olympia is, she's gonna be she, She's Alexis. gonna be an
0: Olympian. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. <laughs> But, yeah, that, that's definitely my worst of the week. Don't disrespect Serena Williams. That's fair, man. My worst of the week, uh, I don't necessarily know who it's going to go to. I'm just going to give it to this entire story. Fletcher Cox, Eagles, defensive man. he's getting sued for breaking up a marriage. I didn't even know this was possible. I actually heard about this two weeks ago, and I thought this was a fake article, but he's getting a lot more following this week. Um, he apparently was having an affair, or like his someone's wife was having an affair with Fletcher Cox, uh, there was tweet, There was text coming out that said, like, you know, like, I want to have your baby. And Fletcher Cox was like, oh, don't worry, baby, it's going to happen. You know, I mean, I, I kind of love Fletcher Cox in this situation. But what's so crazy to me is that the man that's suing, he's from North Carolina, he actually has some merit. Because in the state of North Carolina, uh, there is a law saying that if you can prove some type of, like, emotional discourse – then you have means for suing and, and a lawsuit and everything. And there has been lawsuits that have been won in their favor of people being in affairs before. Hmm. So I I don't I don't know what to think about it. Fletcher Cox is still doing great on the field. He's I don't think he's married. So you know you guys might have uh, different opinions from me. I think this is hilarious. Um, and I will absolutely be rooting for my boy Fletcher Cox in. The draft, or in in the courts, when this when this happens, um, you know I'm I'm a professional, so I'm not going to go ahead and make a joke about Fletcher's last name and the fact <laughs> that he's in some type of sexual lawsuit because yeah. I'm a professional and we're not making that joke here on Seventeen Six. No. You, you didn't hear it,
1: absolutely not. So do you want to go ahead and move over to the douche of the week?
0: Yeah, mine's going to go to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I feel like we've talked a lot about him this season and. The reason he's my douche of the week this week is because I just don't even know what to think about him anymore. He is, he's absolutely going to win the Heisman, um, but he got arrested in the offseason. He had the Ohio State flag incident. He had the incident against Kansas, and now there's been video reports saying that he like purposely threw, not threw, drilled a football at a TCU player's head as he was warming up. I saw the video myself. It, it looks pretty damning. But at the same time, he's such a good player, he's so good at football that, you know, this is exactly what America does. We don't give a crap about his character and how bad it is.
1: Yeah, I feel as though this story and how people judge his character could really flip-flop on both sides. I'll go ahead and just briefly discuss both of them. One side is that, oh, you know, it's just fun. He, threw, he drilled the football. The guy had a helmet on. It's just fun in games. Like, I remember back in, I know this was, like, middle school, but we would do the same type of stuff in middle school where, like, people were running in about to warm up. We were just, like, messing around, just throwing the football at each other. But then you could find the side where, yeah, he's getting a little too over the top in his head. He thinks he's just going to win this. Like, people are just assuming he's going to walk in and pick up this Heisen like he was owed to him. But when you have all these problems on and off the field, I don't know how much... These organizations and whoever votes in these types of positions for you are gonna really keep that in track. Like I want, I want, I want the best for you. Uh, I want the best for you, Baker I think you're a very talented athlete, but you're kind of showing signs of what's his name, Johnny Football, Johnny yeah, Manziel. Oh, yeah,
0: actually, people are calling him Johnny Manziel 2.0. Exactly, and
1: I, I really don't want. And granted, he got gra- he got drafted to Cleveland, but <laughs> I don't want to see your your situation, your career unfold the same way Johnny Footballs did.
0: Well, you think the thing that pisses me off is that in the Heisman uh, mission statement, you know, the word integrity is there. But a lot of people have been saying that his character will not influence their vote. I think really where this is going to have a big impact is his NFL draft position. Exactly. Because he has a great talent. Any uh, team would be lucky to have him. But they're not going to deal with a hot dog, you know, because like like you said, you, you brought up Johnny Menzel. He, he was good. But his off-field antics is what really killed him, and I can see a similar fate coming to Baker Mayfield. For sure, for sure. All
1: right, we'll go ahead and just move over to my douche of the week. As much – no, not even. This was terrible. This was
0: uncalled for.
1: Gronkowski, what are you doing? Just – you know how – you know you're three times as big as every NFL player, and NFL players are big enough. Mm -hmm. But after this cornerback – I think it was tredavius White. He catches a interception, a rare interception from ta- Tom Brady. He just falls down, you know, his knees on the ground. Another player uh, touches him down. And he's out of bounds. Exactly. Oh, and saying. he's out of bounds. For for whatever reason, Gronkowski decides to just just pile drive onto Tredavious White. Ends up giving him a
0: concussion I found out this morning.
1: I don't know what to say, man. I that's don't...
0: that's going to factor in too because he got he got an on-sportsman like, but he didn't get uh Taken out of the game. I really thought he should have but happy it didn't because he's on my fantasy team And I needed a win to make the playoffs this
1: exactly. week. Exactly. I need I need him for the rest of the For pretty much the rest of the playoffs Like if he gets suspended for two games, any of these games, that's gonna
0: damage But you bring up a good point, man. He's a big player and Tre'Davious White was on the ground, so for him to fall, it, it really looked like a building being collapsed.
1: It looks like a WWE move. I don't know what he was thinking. but It went
0: right to the helmet too. It wasn't even like to the body or anything. It was dirty. Uh, the NFL reviews every play, and I'm I'm not going to be surprised if I, we'll definitely see a fine. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a game suspension. But he's on the Patriots, so they'll definitely appeal, 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 and they'll probably still win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, they'll. They'll. I wouldn't say they'll win a the Super Bowl. I don't want to give them their sixth one. So early. But, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Man. Hey
0: man, don't screw everyone's fantasy
1: chances, Gronkowski. You know how valuable your fantasy stock is. Think about that. Don't be selfish. I don't
0: think he gives a flying crap <laughs> about about who has him on fantasy. <laughs> but what he should be caring about is uh, the safety of the players and putting his team in jeopardy because the the Patriots are already out Julian Edelman for the entire season and they're a different team when Gronk isn't on the field. Yeah. All right, we're going to finish it up with our stats or tats. Uh, It's been a while but Alex Smith is finally becoming the quarterback that he was in the... um, in the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, the Chiefs are still not the team that they were in the beginning of the season. Alex Smith has been has had a couple of lackluster weeks, but he he brought it back this week. Four touchdowns, passer rating of 135.9. But they still lost to the Jets. So it's it's almost a question of what's what status crazier, the fact that Alex Smith is back and doing great, or the fact that they're still losing to the Jets. Funny side note, we forgot to mention this. Um, there was a penalty called on the Chiefs that allowed the Jets to win, to score their game-winning touchdown, and a Kansas City Chief just, like, Threw the flag into the stands. I saw that. He should have gotten ejected. When he found out he wasn't ejected, he's just like cracking up, and I'm like, oh man, that's not a good look. It's it's really funny, but like, I'm pretty
1: sure the ref like after he threw the flag, he the ref just threw his hat. Yeah. So, like,
0: well, I mean, like, what are you gonna do, man? You don't have a flag anymore. True. True. <laughs> there were some happy fans in the stands. I doubt they gave that flag back. That was pretty cool. True. What about the the tat? Okay, so this goes back a little ways when Andy Reid was still the head coach of the Eagles. A fan you know, called for 50 retweets or something saying that he would get a tattoo on his ass saying, fire Andy. Well, he got enough. Uh, he got the tattoo. It looks pretty good, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> there's a censored butt area in this picture, which I appreciate. And, you know, Andy Reid did get fired. A lot of people were calling us chumps in the beginning of the season because they're like, oh, you fired Andy Reid, who's 5-0 and with the Chiefs now. Well, guess what? They're 6-6 and now. And they're, like, I mean, as as crappy as the AFC West is... The Raiders and the Chargers still have a chance to, you know, kick them off, dethrone them. They're not going to make a wild card game. So my question to you, Toby, is are we going to see some of these tattoos coming to the Kansas City area soon?
1: Um, Potentially. I would say, yeah, I mean, people like getting tattoos to hype up their franchise in whatever way, shape, or form they know how. So probably. So what do you
0: think was was crazier this week?
1: Definitely Alex Smith's four-touchdown game and lost the— crappy new york jets yeah so how does that even happen how do you have such a stellar game you scored like 39 points on my fantasy team and you still lost like i don't care yeah. but the, i still want you to like work hard and win you know the jets were projected to go winless this year you yeah know? but they're surprising a lot of us this year man
0: i have to give it to the tattoo mm. um i i have dealt with the andy reed woes and this guy was absolutely in the right to get a tattoo on his butt that says fire andy and now I'm I'm looking at Kansas City fans, and I'm just saying your move, Casey. You know we're we're 10 and two. You may have got given us one of those losses, but you guys are struggling to stay above 500. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We're happy to be back, and we are going to be wrapping up our first season of 17th Take next week. Uh, it's going to be a special Sunday episode, and you know what? As a special treat for you guys, we're going to do this one live.
1: Yeah, man, check us out. I don't know how we're going to do it. Maybe Facebook Live iTunes Live, whatever technology affords it, you're gonna listen here on 17 takes,
0: and it's gonna be really, really, really rough. You guys don't know how many takes we do this. It ends up being about 17 takes, so be ready for uh, some possible profanity, uh, a lot of ums, a lot of ers, a lot of y- quiet talking, a in lot the of background. Y- a
1: lot of yeh knows. You're gonna love
0: it. Uh, so t- stay tuned. We'll see you back next Sunday for our season finale. Get ready for some Christmas hijinks, some Hanukkah hijinks, some Kwanzaa hijinks. We're gonna have it all. And on that note, I'm Toby Itzah. And I'm Yvonne Trezak. You guys have a great week. Y'all stay
1: beautiful out there, people.